read my script. Over the next few weeks and for the past few weeks, we've been going over a teaching through a series on miracles. We're going to be exploring the ways that God has shown his faithfulness and power to his people through the ages by using stories from the scripture, as well as testimonies from our own church family. Each week, one person from our church will be taking a few minutes to share a story of their own lives where God has worked a miracle. We are hoping that this will be a time for the Holy Spirit to encourage us and remind us of his awesome power at work in us in the world. We are believing that through these next few weeks, God will increase our hope and faith as we trust him to do the things that only he can do. The person who will be sharing their testimony with us this morning is drumroll Nick. Um, please welcome him to the stage. He's already here. Hey. How's it going? Can you hear me? Really important. Um, so as we, pre- we prepare our hearts to hear Nick's story, um, we just ask that Holy Spirit joins us um, in um, listening to you. So Holy Spirit, thank you for being a part of our church family, Lord. Um, fill this place um, and dwell within it. Uh, we ask that the Holy Spirit connect um, in our hearts um, as both Nick and Adam um, share today and uh, that it impacts us in some way that we're changed going out the door. Um, In everything, uh, your name, amen. All right, thanks. (laughs) Hi, as as they already said, I'm Nick, and I've I've just been personally really encouraged by hearing everyone's testimonies in the past couple weeks, and I've just been really excited about this new series we're doing. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's something moving in the church right now, and I'm just excited for this. So let me see. Let me uh, set the stage for you. Um, This story happened in my early 20s. I grew up in Idaho, and the reason I'm in Portland is that I initially moved out here to go to college, right? So I moved out here, I was going to college and uh, just working full-time downtown um, at the Multnomah Athletic Club as a lifeguard. So basically I would work the night shift and I'd work from like five to nine downtown. And then I would, my routine was basically, I'd hop off work, hop on the max line, go down, catch a bus, and then ride it out to Southwest Portland where I was living at the time. So there you go. Um, so this night was like, just like any night, I get off work, um, I get on the max, and I'm just riding it down, I'm kind of just like looking out the window, it's late at night, there's not a lot of people on the train, and, uh, I just hear God say, I want you to go talk to this guy, and, um, I'm looking around, and there's like five people on the train, there's this guy sitting up, like, three seats off to the left from me, and my initial response was no, (laughs) like, I'm not going to go talk to random people at night on the max. So I'm sitting there, and then I just hear God say again, okay, I want you to go talk to this guy. And again, I just say no. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, it's outside my comfort zone. This is not in my norm. I'm not going to go talk to this guy. So I'm kind of starting to pay attention to this guy, like looking at him a bit. And he's, he's kind of like, you know, he's a Portland, like, uh, stereotypical, like, hipster kind of vibes. Like, blue jeans, tight jeans, like, black beanie, you know, my age at the time. So, like, early 20s. And I'm like, okay. And then God just says, hey, I want you to go talk to this guy. <laughs> and the third time, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that, right? And so, 
And so I'm like, my focus is on him now. And he's, he seems a little agitated, and he does this, like, weird hand sign across his neck. And then finally I was like, okay, God, just so we can start ha stop having this argument, I'm going to go talk to him, right? <laughs> and so I, like, walk up, and he's sitting off to the left. And so, like, I take the seat on the right, and so we're sitting across from the aisle, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I just, like, I turn to him, and it's like, hey, man, how's your night going? Um, and then he just turns to me and, like, looks me, like, deadpan in the face and says, not good. I think I'm going to kill myself tonight. And in that moment, it just hit me, like, like a bag of bricks that, okay, God really did say, like, you need to talk to this guy. And to be honest with you, like, I didn't really know what to say from there, right? Like, I was, that's pretty shocking. And so I just looked at him and I said, like, why don't you tell me about that? And so he just uh, goes on to tell me, he's like, you know, having a really rough time right now. Like, I don't think I can stay, like, another night under a bridge. Like, I'm homeless. And it was heavy. And I just remember, like, listening to him. And I don't remember, like, everything I said to him. But I just remember saying, like, you know, I was sitting back there. Like, God sees you. Like, he told me to come up and talk to you, so, like, you have God who cares about you, right? And so we just continued talking, and um, I remember saying, like, it seems like you're at the bottom right now. Like, you're at the lowest low, but you can only go up from here. And it was heavy. And so we talked for a while, and at the end, we prayed. I prayed over him. And then um, my bus stop, like, you know, I get to my stop, and... And we were done praying, and I remember him looking at me and says, like, no, thank you. Like, I don't think I'll kill myself. And I remember getting off the max <laughs> and, like, the train, just, like, leaving. And I'm just standing there, like, holy cow, this interaction I just had was insane, unexpected, and, like, amazing. And, like, I think about this situation, like, a lot going on um, through my life, right? Like, I reflect back on this and think about that time. And... I just really truly believe that, like, someone was praying for him that night. Like, his mom, a friend, someone who knew, like, his situation, knew he was at the end of his rope, and, like, God just intervened. And so I guess the reason I share the story is, like, just to encourage you guys, like, God speaks. If you ever feel like God's, like, saying something to you, like, even though it's scary, even though it's outside your comfort zone, take a risk, step out and see what happens. Thank you. Un momento. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Adam. Um, I am talking. Um, should I stand someplace else? All right. <laughs> Let's start this with some prayer. Father, bless the words that you've given me today. May them come from you, not from me. 
May all of the bullet points I glaze over and forget not matter, and may the ones that I do remember be very important. Bless this time that we can be together, that we can all be mutually encouraged, and to be a little bit closer to you. Let it be so. Amen. All right. There's a friend of mine named Jenny. Uh, she's a, a pretty impressive individual. She's pretty cool. And she, Jenny went on a mission trip. I, I don't know, I don't remember where she went um, or what organization it was through. It doesn't really matter. But she came back from this year-long mission trip, like, glowing, like, absolutely alive. And she was in a place where she saw God doing, like, actual miracles, like, uh, tons of, like, prophecying, words of knowledge, healings on a really regular basis to um, reach the people wherever she happened, happened to be. Like absolute intense walking with the Holy Spirit of God. And she came back. I was up in Canada at the time in Calgary, Alberta. And she said, all right, all of you that are here, you're missing something. Um, and God is here closer to you than you think. Um, he's right here. He likes you. He's got stuff for you right now. It's not that big of a deal. Um, just be with God. And so the next time all of us gathered, we met every Wednesday at, I don't know, six, seven. And she said, we're going to do a simple exercise just kind of get you all up to speed. It's just an exercise just to show you how much God cares about you and where, where to be. And so we all got a piece of paper and put our hand in the middle of a piece of paper and we, would, we traced it. And um, we, we, traced, we traced a piece of paper, and on the back of the piece of paper, we put our name on it so we could find it when we're done. And we put all of these pieces of paper in the middle, and she said, all right, grab a piece of paper. Um, there's about 20 of us there, and so you couldn't, if big hand, medium hand, small hand, you really couldn't tell whose hand it was. And so grab a piece of paper and just ask God, God, what do you have to say what do you have to say to the person who this hand belongs to? And, and so we'd, we'd grab a piece of paper and we'd pray about it and write down what, we, what God told us to say and put it back in the middle and grab another one. And we went through the entire pile until everybody prayed for every, everybody in the group. And, she, and they said, okay, grab, grab the piece of paper, yours, the one that has your name on it, and read. And we read it out loud to each other. Um, and it was uncanny. The, each, like it, it was so spot on. Like, exactly who each individual character is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, each individual character is. And so encouraging. It's like, this is you in perfection. To the point that people kept these pieces of paper and saved them. And so, like, years later, talking to the same group of people that was there, and so I, they said, I still have this piece of paper. Um, and they'd say, like, it's in my drawer in my desk. And when I'm feeling low, I'll go find this and pull it out and reread what God views about me. Just super encouraging. And the whole thing was just to show that God is close, God is there, and God loves you. Um, and seeing that revelation of the love and the action of God lit a fire in that group. And we were already doing our best to track with God before, but then just, oh, 
things took off. We started to have trust, to listen to God, ask what he want from us, hear and do. Started seeing the miracles, like the, our own like prophecy, watch people get prayed for and healed, words of knowledge, um, a miraculous fixing of a flat tire. Like, you know, just kind of random things. And so we're here to talk about miracles. Um, this is a family affair. So are you guys comfortable? You shouldn't be nodding your head too much. I know what you're sitting on. Um, these are purposely designed so you don't sleep. Um, hard back, vertical upright. But at this point, can you guys grab your things and stand up? So I want you all to not feel alone. So grab your things. Come, I want you to fill the first four rows. Maybe five. Can, mm -hmm. And from the balcony, feel free to come down or fill the front row of the balcony. But come on down. Sit, sit next to somebody. There's more space on this side. Feel free to use both sides of the church. I'm not going to make you pray for each other in small groups or anything like that. Don't worry. Um, but I want you guys to be, be close to each other. Um, be part of, part of the family. If you're new here, um, welcome. Um, you're part of the group today. You're part of our family. That is... That is good. Um, we, we don't sit this close together very often. So we're going to do a quick icebreaker. And so the worship band, uh, I want you guys to come up here. I want some of you on this side and some on this side. Um, welcome to Vacation Bible School. Um, this is something that we did with when we were little kids. And so we're going to do, we're going to sing a song together. Um, the same one that we did when we were little. Just to, we, we did this as children for the exact same reason, to um, be together in God. Um, and we're going to do it today as a, as a family. It's important. We are here. We're not alone. So the song is pretty simple. I'll sing it to you first, and then we're all going to sing it together. Um, so it's hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. Simple. Hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, praise ye the Lord. It seems like some of you have done this before. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So we're going to do it. Um, so this side is going to be hallelujah, and this side is going to be praise ye the Lord. So you guys are going to have to lead, um, so fake it till you make it. Um, they don't really know what we're doing. I, they, they sang the song this morning with me, but they didn't know the rest of it. Um, and so you guys will do hallelujah, 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 and then praise ye the Lord. And then when it gets to the end, when... Um, we all, at the very end, like the praise ye the Lord, we all do that together. Yeah? Uh, we'll start. Ready? Hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. 
Praise ye the Lord. Woo. All right. So we're not done yet. Um, you were starting to get there, but now we're going to do it. Remember, this is Vacation Bible School. We're working to establish ourselves as a family of God. So we're going to sing like we are seven years old, which means pitch doesn't matter. Exuberance does. And so this is left side versus right side. Loud. Yeah, yeah? All right. So you guys lead. Let's hear this echoing off the walls. All right, you guys ready to be a family of God together with some exuberance? Okay, ready? Hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, praise ye Oh, you guys can all sit down. <laughs> Welcome to the family. So we're talking about miracles. I was asked to pick what's my favorite miracle and talk about it. I'm not very decisive, apparently, so I decided to talk about all of them. Um, the main thing, the main point is that um, miracles themselves are not that important. They don't really matter that much. Miracle is simply a person who follows God, following God, and you get to a situation that needs a bit more God than normal, and a miracle happens. Um, The key, though, is following the example of Jesus Christ. So what does Jesus do repeatedly? He prays. You're about to get executed. He prays. He's about to walk on water. He prays. so, John 5, 19, is truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. That's encouraging, because it means that that's kind of the same thing we can do. Jesus wasn't doing anything special. He's praying to God and doing it. Now, you may be thinking, wait, that's cheating, Jesus is still God. Um, Of course he can do miracles. Jesus is God. Unfortunately, we're not off the hook. Um, Mark says, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Here's the catch. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink... Any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So that describes each one of you, right? Yeah. Um, but truthfully, probably as a group, it, I bet if we went through the list, we don't have very many poisonous snakes in this part of Oregon. But beyond that, there's enough people here. Because Jesus, when he went to the, like, died on the cross, he didn't leave us alone. Um, as he foresaid, he's like, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still 
have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. In other words, things that Jesus did, he prayed to God. God led him, he obeyed, he did. These are exact same things that we are able to do. Sit down, pray to God. It's not complicated. And really, the miracles themselves are not that important. It's not something to focus on. You focus on the kingdom of God, miracles happen. Focus on the kingdom of God, miracles can happen. If you focus on the miracles, you might totally miss the kingdom of God. The, um, so, it's simple. It's one of the most beautiful things about the Bible is that it's always simple. It's rarely, rarely easy, but it's simple. Um, you know, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Simple. Practically, <laughs> a wee bit more difficult. Um, but following God is pretty easy. You just sit down and say, God, what do you have for me to do today? And you do it. And as you're starting to learn, as you're starting to grow, it'll probably smart, like start small. Hey, God, what do you want me to do today? Talk to the guy on the max train. Pick up your roommate's socks. Um, you know, sweep something. I, I don't know. It usually starts out small. I mean, what was Jesus' first thing? Can you fill up this water pitcher for me? He didn't raise people from the dead on day one. Neither will you. Like, you, he, God built you stuff. He knows you. He knows where you're coming from. It usually starts small. One of, my, one of my mentors, he had a day. He was at a conference. Day three. Day three of the conference. Have you guys been to, like, a three-day conference? Um, so on, by day three, you're tired. Um, you're a little bit spent. And he woke up. Um, it's a Christian conference, so he has his Bible, and he went to a coffee shop, as apparently you do, and he got, got his cup, he sat at one of those awkwardly tall tables, Bible on the table, cup on there, getting ready to pray to prepare for the day, and he distinctly heard God say, James, don't drink your coffee, and he's like, God, this is part of my routine, and I am tired today, James, don't drink your coffee, God, I woke up today, I need this coffee. James, don't drink your coffee. Like, God, I, I'm going to drink my coffee today. A simple thing. Like, it's pretty random. It's not saying God, like, James, heal redemption over that man over there. Like, you know, James, like, go rescue. It's James, don't drink your coffee. And so James ignores God, which is usually a bad idea, and he picks up the coffee, gets about two inches from his mouth. The bottom of it completely falls out, covers his shirt, his pants, his table, and the Bible and coffee. He didn't get burned, but he certainly wasn't on time to the conference that day. Um, and he jokes and said, if I had just followed God, I would have gone, yes, God, I will follow you. And he would have gotten the joy of standing up, taking maybe two steps with his cup of coffee, having the bottom of it fall out right in the middle of the floor where it's not his problem anymore. And the people behind the counter would have said, 
oh my gosh, that's horrible. I can't believe, I'm so glad you didn't get covered in coffee. He would have gotten a new coffee, probably double cupped this time, um, and made it to the conference on time. Simple. It's simple. But here's the important part in why we're together as a family. Do not do this alone. I cannot stress this hard enough. A soul that is following God is a dangerous soul in the best possible way. And the forces that oppose us know that. Don't do this alone. A sheep in a flock is relatively safe. A sheep wandering the plains all by itself gets eaten. Um, You've seen documentaries. Um, That's just how it works. Um, When you are learning to hear the voice of your shepherd and learning his voice, you know, sheep aren't born knowing what their shepherd's voice sounds like, neither are we. I don't know if that's true. We might. Um, But as we are learning in adults to follow his voice, we can be isolated. We can be deceived. We can follow the wrong signals. Don't do this alone. Is God asking you to do something totally crazy? Get confirmation. Um, If it's crazy, he's probably shared that same word to help you from with someone else. Is God asking you to rebuke someone? Be real careful. Check yourself. Those are super rare messages. God is here to build you up, build the people up. Be careful. Don't do this alone. God is asking you to do something, do it. And then ask your brothers and sisters around you, how did I do? Did I hear the voice of God well? Was this impactful? All right. So we're a family. We just yelled together. Just look to the people. Look, take a look around. Like actually, they're behind you or in front of you. Um, these are your brothers and sisters in God. If you're new here, they're still your brothers and sisters in God. This particular group, we know each other. Um, Reach out. Don't do this alone. Because in the next bit, it starts to get fun. Um, Because as you do this, God is going to start turning you into the best you possible. You are like, um, it's so hard to illustrate how beautiful you are are. Like, I'm not talking about this shell of a body we're in, but the image of God that God has put into all of you is fantastic. You are destined for amazing things. Not like, I don't mean amazing as in you will be the first person to make it to Mars or the next president, because in the spiritual world, those don't matter very much. He's talking about the most amazing you. Are you a person that loves relationships and connections? He has relationships and connections for you that are soul-knitting. Not just like, I love my brother, I love my sister. You guys are bonded together in a way that you are close beyond that you've never been close before. Are you a person that loves adventure? Like a challenge, a rush? God has a path for you that is unbelievably scary and risky and dangerous and will give you adrenaline highs that last days, not moments. It's real. It happens. 
Are you a person that loves organizing? Did you know administration is listed in the Bible as a spiritual gift? I'm not that person, so I can't elaborate on what that feels like. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but as you move with God, like, God, what will you have me do today? Each step, it moves closer and closer to the person that you will want to be. And the, the fun part is he will never ask you to do something that's beyond your ability. God mentions this, like my, you know, he tells us that in the Bible, I will not ask you to do something that's beyond you. Don't let that be too encouraging, though. Um, I've been an outdoor educator off and on for much of my my life, teaching people how to ski and rock climb and mountain bike and raft and canoe and all of these things. And the reality is, is that people's abilities, what they're physically able to do, and what their mental state is, what they are physically comfortable doing, are usually not the same thing. So what someone's able to do is usually much better than what they think they can do. What someone is able to do with God is another further step from there. And so what this means is that God talks about, Jesus talks about, die to yourself. And this is where it's getting hard, but this is where it's getting beautiful. The version of you that God has for you, that Jesus created you to be, is amazing. But the version of you you currently have is also the best you currently have. And to get to the better version, you got to you got to be willing to give up what you got. Are you a person that loves relationships? Are you willing to risk the ones you have? Not saying you'll lose them, but they might change. Some might be lost. Are you willing to risk that to get to a place where you have this amazing, soul-knitting, God-inspired relationships? Are you a person that loves adventure? Are you willing to get rid of all of your passions now to find God, to follow God, to get a true adventure, one that will scare the crap out of you in the best possible way? Are you willing to do it? Are you a person that loves organizations? Like, can you take a wee bit of mess or a lot? Like, God loves you. It's not complicated. God, what do you have me to do today? What do I do? Who do I talk to? Sit down, be quiet. Be strong, be bold, and do. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He has good things for you. But do not do this alone. If a soul that follows God is very dangerous, a soul that is becoming fully activated in the person God has inspired them to be is a straight-up disaster from this other side. Um, there is a, a... You guys heard of Graham Cook? Anyways, he's a, a British fellow that has pretty good stories, pretty good preaching. He says, if you want to know how strong of a Christian you are, just see how strong of a devil you're contending with right now. Because you're just a little bit stronger than that. Um, so meaning that as you keep going, things don't get easier, they just get better. Um, there's a, if you're ever training to be a cyclist, there's the line, it's like, as you get stronger, 
Cycling never becomes easier. You just go faster. Um, Same things applying to Christianity. As you're doing a life of God, does it get easier? No. It doesn't, but it gets better. It gets brighter. It gets more alive. You start to understand what joy means, what hope means. Like, really understand. Does it get easier, though? No. Because you'll know what despair means, too. Like, do not do this alone. Because you'll have a target on your back. God makes it super clear. Like, you know, what's, what's the verse? Um, how can one person lie down and stay warm by themselves, but two can stay warm together? One person can be overly, easily overcome, but two can defend themselves. A uh, cord of three strands is not easily broken. Don't do this alone. Do not be alone at sheep in wolves, like wolf territory. Do not do this alone. So, um, I didn't, you're not going to have to pray to each other, but we're a family. Hold hands for a second. Yeah. Yeah. And... Just look, we are a family. We're together. We're not alone. We're not alone. There's a ton of people that will love you, that will care for you. You are not alone. Don't do this alone. Jesus loves you. These people love you. Love yourself. Don't do this alone. And start moving the little steps of where you are, the better where you can be. Because God has great things for you. And as he does it, miracles happen. Starting here. So look around and say, I've got, you've got this, I'm with you. So actually, talk. You can, you know. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Um, so, but as I'm, as I'm saying this, like I'm talking, saying like, um, you know, just ask God, what do I do? And he'll tell you. And a lot of people are probably thinking like, uh-huh, sure, I've done that before. Um, he hasn't spoken to me, to me yet. But for most of you, he will. Um, it may not be a super loud, something really obvious, the go talk to the guy on the, on the train. You know, one of my roommates in college asked, you know, like, do you hear the voice of God? He'd say, no. God doesn't talk to me. Um, usually his body language, too. Not me, no. <laughs> like, um, but So we met in science theaters 140. This is a giant lecture hall for the science students in this university. And there must have been 60 feet of whiteboards. They're black, whiteboards, black chalkboards in the front of this thing. Could you imagine how boring of a lecture that would be to fill up 60 feet of chalkboard? Um, but anyways, those are always blank when we were like there on Sunday. And my roommate, one Sunday, was sitting there and was like, those shouldn't be blank. There should be something on those chalkboards. And so he went. He went out and he bought himself a bunch of chalk colorful chalk, and it just happens that this guy is an artist. Um, And so every Sunday, he would wake up hours early, um, he would go to this lecture hall, and he would draw a mural across the boards. Um, He didn't know what to draw. It actually kind of stressed him out. Um, But he's like, I don't want to do God. I'm just going to draw. Like, uh, you don't tell me. Well, I'll do this. It was uncanny. 
how often the mural he put on that chalkboard matched what was being preached that day. Uncanny, as in like every time. Um, They were like phenomenal drawings combined with the fun message were so touching that many people would ask him to repaint his mural onto canvas so they could frame it and keep it in their house. Other artists in the, in the community were inspired and started joining him Sunday morning. So like four people would be up there like two hours before church putting this amazing mural on the chalkboard. They did it all year. Did he follow the voice of God? Yeah. Did it sound like the same as everybody else? No. And most of you, when you ask God, what shall I do, he will answer you. But the the truth is, not everybody. Not in the same way. But remember, God made you. Jesus made you. In the beginning, there was the word, and the word, you know, he made you. God knows you. He knows you. He put the desires of your heart there. And so even if you're not getting a direct command, you've already got one. You know, check your bios. Um, What's the basics? What drives you? What inspires you? What gives you life? Do you like to draw? Draw. Do you like to clean? Clean. Do you like to go for walks? Walk. Like, what does God inspire you to do? Do it. Those are the desires of your part. God, your heart. God put them there. God knows you. Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for you. If you ask God, what do I have to do today? And you don't get a lot. And do what's already in your heart to do. Just don't do it alone. Um, word of warning. God uses everybody. Every person God uses, God touches in any state of life. Um, any point. Be careful of who you're a slave to. You cannot serve two masters. Be careful who you're a slave to. God can still use you. Don't worry about that. When you pray to God, what shall I do today? He will still answer. But if you want to be the kind of people that's, you know, the Bible talks about of what was given to you, you'll produce fruit a hundred times more or a thousand or ten thousand times more. If you want to be that people, those people, you got to be a slave to Christ. Be aware of what you're a slave to. Our culture calls it addictions, money, drugs, sex, alcohol, work. And here's the one that probably gets most of the people in this room. I don't have it with me. Your screen. Oh, we got this one. Your screens. Um, most people in this room are probably addicted to screen time in some way, shape, or form. And most people in here are probably also thinking, I bet that's right but I think I'm pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, and a few statistics. Um, when computers and smartphones started coming out, television companies, broadcasters were concerned. They were afraid that they would start losing um, audience. Much to their delight, they didn't. It just added Um, Last time I checked the numbers, which has been a few years, the average North American spent four and a half plus hours actively watching television shows um, every day. 
This isn't like you're doing the dishes and then something's on behind you. This is sitting down, eyes on, screen, watching four and a half hours a day. Wake up in the morning, watch the news for a while, get home from work, turn on a ball game for a little bit. The dishes are done, kids are asleep, watch a show or two or something like that because it's how you relax. Four and a half hours a day. The average person also spends two and a half hours a day neck bent scrolling on social media. This is average. So some people are way more, some people are less. Um, but the average person is spending like six to seven hours a day on their, screen t- on their, on their screens. That's called slavery. When, pe- when scientists study um, the use patterns of phones, screen times, and all this stuff, it's not recreation. The, the models of how it plays out is not recreational time use. You know, that's going for a walk. Um, that's recreational time use. This is addiction time use. Every study points this. Be careful of who you're a slave to. Now, there is hope. There's a ton of hope. I mean, like, go back to listen to Dave's message from last week. Like, there's a ton of hope. Jesus saves. Jesus has a path for you. Jesus can bring you through. I am not an addiction counselor. I'm not going to pretend to be. But I have watched a lot of people, like, um, go from a really crappy spot and have it cleaned. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Um, Mountain biking? You guys been mountain biking before? Um, There's usually a trail you want to go on and a whole bunch of stuff you're not trying to hit. Um, And if you see a rock and you look at that rock, you go where you look. Um, You'll run into the rock. I've got scars on the back of my leg from, (laughs) yeah, it's a different story. It was only going like five miles an hour or two. Um, keep your eyes on Jesus. Follow Jesus. Focus on the good. Don't focus on what you're running from. Focus on what you're running to. When you're on a slack line, don't focus on the ground underneath you. Look up to where you're going. You've got balance and control. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And Jesus can set you free. Summary. talking about miracles. Miracles are nothing more than a person following the will of God in their day-to-day life. Every time you say yes and obey, that is a miracle. That you're able to hear the inputs from the greater being that wrote his will on your heart. That's amazing. Sometimes they're mundane. Sometimes we view them as spectacular. Those are what miracles are. That is literally what Jesus did. God, what do you have for me to do today? Do it. Do not do it alone. You need your brothers and your sisters that love you, that are there for you, care for you, that will hold you up when you need support, catch you when you fall, will cheer for you when you succeed. Do not do this alone. Following God by yourself is probably one of the dangerous things you can, most dangerous things you can do. Following God with a group of friends is also one of the most dangerous things you can do, except you'll succeed. Um, And it's amazing. You are beautiful. God designed you to do amazing things. It's who you are. And amazing doesn't mean what our culture means amazing. It means the things that make your soul come to life. God put that there, and he will do it. But you might have 
to die first.